Welcome back, everyone, to the Welcome to the Day podcast hosted by me, Johannes Vanega, aka Canadian Red Bull. Uh, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Network, which presents all of these different podcasts uh, from not only myself with all the Blue Jay content that you'd ever want to want to have, but also our various other hosts representing. Today, our guest on the pod is the pride of the colony, Texas. He is NVC's most improved team in 2013. Uh, he was a Big East All-Tournament team member in 2014. He scored 1,013 points in a Blue Jay uniform. His 492 assists ranks him fifth all-time as a Creighton Blue Jay. Like I said, he's the pride of the colony, Texas. Big money, large cash, grande dinero. AKA Austin Chapman, welcome to the pod, brother. Welcome to the pod. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Man, how you been, man? How you living? Been all right, man. Been all right. You know, um, figuring out what life is, but I've been good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How you been? How you been? I, I'm good, man. You know me, I'm overseas, grinding always, uh, trying to stay out the way, trying to stay safe for the most part. I'm hoping all of mm-hmm. our fans who are listening today are trying to stay safe as well. Absolutely. So the boys play today. We definitely have to talk about that. Uh, they beat St. John's at home by 18, score of 97 Absolutely. to 79. Uh, for the first time this year, the doors opened up a little bit, kind of a restricted crowd at the Shot Health Center, but a crowd nonetheless. Uh, for the first time, listening to the TV broadcast, I was, I was actually able to hear some sort of cheering for the boys. You were actually one of the guys who were able to get into the game today. Am I right in saying that? I was in attendance. I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Um, popped by Omaha for a little bit, so I decided to see what the boys had, and it was a thrashing. It was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> okay, perfect, <laughs> because you'll officially be the first guest to actually have attended a game, and now speaking post-game about what you saw live. Uh, the big news of today's game is Marcus Zagorowski not playing uh, in the mm-hmm. post-game. Coach Max said that you were just uh, a hamstring injury that he suffered during the last game. They were trying to take it easy. Uh, with him. So Sharif Mitchell stepped up in the starting lineup today. Uh, what did you see from him, the kind of energy that he brought? He hit the opening three to start the game off. But aside from that, running the show, uh, playing good defense as he always does, what did you see from Sharif that impressed you today? Well, he always has that energy, right? Like even when he came up in high school, we were like, yeah, this dude's like, he's got that energy on a defensive end. He's like long. So he's always going to be in here and playing defense. Um, and I think that's what the opposing team hates, you know, um, and he brought that. But he also, which he is improving at, is his offense, you know, um, hit the open shots. But he's also trying to make his teammates better, you know, and that's where he's going to continue to thrive. Yeah, and you played the backup spot for a year uh, behind Antoine Young. How tough is it to not only come off the bench, but, you know, in your situation, Antoine was the main dog. Uh, he set up our whole offense. Uh, you came off the bench, and your role is basically to keep pushing the lead if we had it or try to get us back to a lead if we were down. How difficult is it to come off the bench and try to, you know, get the guys going, uh, generate your own energy, and try to just be a positive asset on the floor? It's huge, man. I think um, just for players everywhere, honestly, down from the diapers all the way up to professionals, is like <laughs> what you have to understand is your role. You know, um, and when you can, you know, get behind that, that's when you'll start to see yourself and your team um, strive. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I took big pride in, you know, my role there 
and just providing the energy and effort um, and, you know, whatever added offense was there as well. Big time contribution from everybody, especially in the first half. I think uh, Denzel Mahoney was the only player in double figures in the first half with 11 points. Everybody else had nine, eight, seven. Uh, I think Sharif had a big uh, uh, role to play in that. Just obviously, this all, everybody was getting touches. That was good. We also saw a lot of kind of de facto point guard being played by Mitch Ballack today. Uh, his floor game is something that I think is very underrated, very underappreciated because he's such a good shooter. It, it overshadows how good of a playmaker he actually is. Uh, what did you see in him today that kept the team above water, you know, at the times when Sharif was out and they were playing kind of four guards who usually play off the ball, but he had a lot of ball. Um, he was the main ball handler out there with those guys. Money-making Mitch. Money-making Mitch, man, he makes plays, bro. Um, he reminds me, honestly, of Grant a little bit. But, like, uh-huh. you know, Grant's going to hate that, but he's like – you know, before the knees, I guess, or after the knees, I guess. He, he's a little yeah, a little more athletic, a little quicker, I think. But he's going to be – he's like he holds the team together. Like So he, he was able to control the ball there and, and control the tempo. And he, he understands pace when you need a good shot. Um, he understands matchups. So, he, like, he's that leader on the court that they um, were missing, you know, without Marcus. But that that's the thing about this team. They're so dangerous because they have different – individuals that can be that leader any night i think you know there's there's at least three four guys you know that could be that guy um and that's what makes this team very dangerous yeah i said it plenty of times before like this is such a deep team um on any given night someone else could be the leading scorer i think tonight it was denzel uh we've seen damian jefferson really step up his play not only as a defensive anchor but really facilitating, making all the hustle plays and really getting to the basket and scoring a ton. Uh, I think when I was listening to the, the sideline announcers, shout out Nick Baugh, uh, they mentioned that against St. John's, Damon Jefferson is shooting a ridiculous, like at that point in time was 21 of 25 field goals in his career against St. John's. Like that's just incredible efficiency against a particular team. So no, you're absolutely right in saying that the depth of this team is was for sure on display today. Uh, like I said, even with Marcus Zagorowski, their leader, Biggie's preseason player of the year, not being able to play, the boys really look like they didn't really miss a beat. Uh, what do you think about that part? I mean, like I said, that's what makes them so dangerous, right? Like, they got um, Mahoney, who's transferring in, and it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, player of the year, right? Um, uh, I believe so at his former school. His conference, correct? Yeah. His, his former school, right? So, I mean, that's a leader right there. So he, then you got Mitch, who's a veteran, um, understands what Mac wants on the floor, off the floor. Um, and then you just got a lot of guys. DJ's, DJ's finally coming into understanding. Like, you, he knew what – we knew what type of player he was, but now I think he's yeah. un, finally understanding what, him. Um, and they're, they're finally on the same page, and you could kind of see them clicking, and, and now his game is, like, really starting to, to blossom. All right, let's talk about you for a little bit. We got a chance to talk about the boys. Now let's talk about you. Obviously, one of the fan favorites. Uh, so far, I've brought three big-time fan favorites, Ethan Roggy, obviously Doug, and yourself. Uh, you're at the Colony, Texas. You went to the Colony High School, same high school as Darren Williams. Uh, he kind of became a mentor for you. Uh, talk about the relationship that you had with them growing up, uh, kind of lessons that he's been trying to teach you and, and – uh, his 
his guidance, trying to guide you in the right direction as you became obviously a, a really good high school player, a good uh, collegiate player, and, and now a professional athlete? Well, yeah, he was he's instrumental, man. Um, but yeah, I, I won't take away, but no, uh, he was a really instrumental um, mentor for me um, from a lot of different aspects, just from, you know, from understanding the academic part side of it and just uh, inside those four lines, um, just some of the, the nuances that, you know, not the everyday um, individual might come across. But he was, he was the intricate part of, of um, who I am as a basketball player, for sure. He was an all-star point guard in the league. He's, he's an Olympic gold medalist. You just mentioned some of the nuances that, you know, he tried to teach you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like, what are the things when you guys had a chance to work out together, maybe that he taught you about the game that you realized he could, that could really help you and take your game to the next level? There's just a lot of little things, man, that um, – you know, at elite level that you don't really realize, especially um, from an untrained eye, that it's hard to see. Um, just, just little things that were anywhere from like a hand check to a hand, hand bump, um, certain footwork, um, getting to your spots, um, just using a the glass. There's just a lot of different things, man. And that's where for me, it's, it's almost gotten to a different place of like, like it's almost like you're a scientist, you know, like this is art. <laughs> This is a whole art, and I understand. Yeah. Like, this is an art. Right. And we heard Kyrie mention that this year, too, uh, talking to the media and stuff like that. He, describing himself as an artist, describing other NBA players as an artist, as artists, I should say, uh, and how, like, sometimes people kind of take for granted the art that they're displaying. But, no, once you really start understanding the game, uh, the little things in between the lines, like you said, like, basketball is really artistry. Like, those guys are really out there doing things that sometimes we've never seen before we couldn't fathom seeing ever. And then you'll see like a guy jump over another guy, dunk it on him. Or we'll see a good guy like Kyrie split defenses. Kyrie being one of the best, you know, under the rim finishers that we've ever seen in our lives. So no, it's, it's interesting to see like the, the perspective of guys, um, not only seeing basketball as a game, but really seeing it as art. Uh, you, I'm sure had a lot of schools. You were a great high school player. I'm sure you had a lot of schools. Um, knocking at your door, getting you to commit. You ended up committing at Creighton, but talk about some of the other schools that you were looking at in the recruiting process. Uh, maybe a school that perhaps you were leading towards going before you ultimately decide to become a Blue Jay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just... We're going to get into it, Austin. I know exactly what you're thinking, too. Yep. First and foremost, um, Wichita State, they were actually like one of the first schools to start recruiting me. Um, very young. Uh, you know, uh, did a lot of unofficials, went to a lot of weekends, did all, you know, all that stuff, of course. And it just didn't really feel comfortable there um, when I took my official. Um, so it came down to Wichita State, Creighton, and I, I didn't really have, like a third was kind of a lot of different places, you know, and I think Colorado was kind of going to be there the third spot and somebody might've committed right when I was probably going to Creighton or was about to commit, you know, how the whole game mm -hmm. is or whatever. Get to Creighton. Let's, so, <laughs> let's talk about it. Men with the guys, right? Meet the guys, meet the guys, right? Comfortable with the fellas. That's always a plus, right? Comfortable with the fellas, that's always a plus. Uh -huh. um, right. 
can't beat the academics, of course, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that goes hands in hand. Um, but then the fans, you know, man, uh, that's really, I think that's what really was the cherry on the top. You play in front of 17,000 every, every home game, 17,000. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a professional game. <laughs> like a, right. the elite. Right. There's, there's so, really, like, I remember when I was on my visit and I walked into, it was Quest Center Omaha at the time. When I looked up into that third row, I was like, where where them papers at, man? <laughs> where they at? Where they, I looked at D-Rock, I was like, where the papers at? I'm starting right now. But I'm laughing a lot right now because I was your host on your visit. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and what a visit it was. Austin Chapman, man. Uh-huh. I Look, listen, before we go into this story, I'll tell you what. Um, I think you had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning visit, right? And when we dropped oh, you off at the airport on Sunday, Coach Mack looked at me and he asked, he goes, Jay, what are the odds that we get this guy? I was like, he's either for sure coming here or we've become the last. <laughs> we've become the last school on this Part three, man. <laughs> Poker face. All right. No, it, I mean, it wasn't even that. It was just the events yeah, of the yeah, night. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, all right, yeah, let's get yeah, into yeah. it, also, because I'm sure there's a story that people are going to want to hear. So I'm your host on a visit. It's a Saturday night. None too crazy is going on in Omaha. I reach out to the people that I know. I ask around, hey, like, where can we bring this guy? We have a recruit in town. People are hinting that the UNO hockey team is having themselves a house party. Figured, hey, nothing wrong with that, you know. Showed a, showed a incoming freshman what life is like as a Korean Blue Jay, you know, how we interact with maybe the other schools in the area. Whew, Austin Simon, I think you could take it away from there. <laughs> what did you witness at that house <laughs> that had me second guessing <laughs> how much you wanted to come to Crane? <laughs> so I will say, I've lived, I would just say, you know, disclaimer, I've lived a lot of life since then, right? So, Mm-hmm. Okay. What I did see, though, you know, there was a point where I think we're, I mean, we might have been shoulder to shoulder, and it was a pretty thick house party, right? Like, there was right. shoulder to shoulder everywhere. This would not be up the CDC standards as far mm-hmm. as social distances goes. But Oh, 100% no. Was it cold then? The, the cold front it had, it just came through, I think, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. have a winter coat, I don't think yet. No, you didn't. So, cold front had just come through. Doors open. Oh, you can feel the breeze. You can feel the breeze. Lo and behold, a naked man. A whole <laughs> naked man. A whole, a whole naked man in his birthday suit <laughs> coming through the middle of the party. He had, he had either had a hat, a, he had something else on though, like a hat, cape, goggles. It, it, it was something. It was another accessory. But I was it, like, yeah. it was a typical. It was a typical hockey bro. He had a trucker hat, bent rim, and that is all he had on. And my guy yeah, came like, right, going down the stairs, yeah. <laughs> butt naked, running through the party. I remember Austin. I remember I looked at you and I said, dude. Look, listen, this is not Creighton. This is not how we get down. <laughs> please don't come here, bro. Please. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a time. That was crazy. Any, but 
I mean, I'm so happy that you end up being a Blue Jay. You and I had some incredible times, obviously. But we got off to a, a little bit of a rocky start, didn't we? We did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just a little blip, but... Yeah, yeah, just a little blimp on the radar. So you come in, uh, pretty good recruiting class. It was Coach Max, actually, his first recruiting class. It was you, it was Avery, it was Jeff Grossell, it was Demon Johnson at the time. Big country. Uh, yeah, so... Jeff and Nevin ended up retreating uh, that year, but you and Avery come in and you have an immediate impact on the team. I mentioned earlier that uh, you were backing up Antoine. Uh, Avery was backing up the twos and the threes as well. Uh, talk about that first year, obviously going from like being a high school superstar. You already kind of talked about, you know, being a star in your role, but talk about having to learn that new role where you had to just be a solid, really dependable backup point guard Every once in a while, Coach Mack would throw you out there with Antoine, but you had to be a very solid, dependable backup point guard that first year. It was tough, man. Um, you know, if I'm being candid, it was it was really tough. Um, and, like, 100% honest, I was like, there was times where I really thought about transferring because, you know, of course, recruiting goes and you get told these things and those, but there was times where it was like, is you know, what it is because I scored close to 3,000 points in high school, you know. So I was mm -hmm. like, is this that, you know, but stuck with it. Um, and that's what life is, right? Like it, it gives you all types of adversities and you got to find ways to battle through. Um, so, like, that backup role was that's kind of like Kobe started there. Just about everybody starts there. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to start there. You know, you don't just get handed the keys and be like, oh, yeah, you can go drive the, uh, the Rolls Royce there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but a, a very good year for us, a very successful year. Your freshman year, you go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we beat Alabama and we lose to North Carolina in North Carolina. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Literally like your first year out the gate straight to the tournament uh, on a really good team. You know, we ended up were we second that year in the Valley? Yeah. And then we ended up winning the Valley tournament. What was that experience like for you? Like fresh out the gate going to the end of the tournament? It was big. It was big, man. Um, I think it built a lot of maturity um, to help me go into my second year to really to take on that leading role. Um, just like that experience, you know, like they say, you can learn all you want, but like till you get in the workforce, you don't really, you know, understand what's going on. But that, right. that's kind of, how I felt and still how I feel. Right. So we go into your second year, Coach Mack. Antoine graduates. Coach Mack gives you the key to the offense. You're now the lead dog. You're the guy that's responsible for setting up everybody, for setting up our offense, making sure everybody's in the right spot. I know you and I, we worked out a lot uh, together that summer. And I remember thinking, like, I had grown really fond of Antoine. Um, obviously, I had played two years with him. So a little bit skeptical, like, hey, can Austin make that next step? But you proved to me in that summertime when we were working out that you were more than ready to to step up to that role. And I think you were. He, he was skeptical. Really... I think I busted your ass <laughs> on the recruiting visit. So, all right, no, because no, I don't do that. See, that's how I don't cap Austin because on on your visit, on your visit, look, look, this is how far away it was. That's how much I know okay, you don't remember. Okay, right. Right. On your visit, you and I were teammates the whole time. And want to know how I remember? These I young legs caught a lot from you. So don't do not do that. Right wing? 
It's right wing. Exactly. Right wing. <laughs> no one will believe it, but I actually caught a lot from Austin right on his wing. visit. High key. Right wing. But no, like, I, I'm just saying in the standpoint of like getting used to playing with one guy and then now you, Austin, is stepping up uh, to be that lead dog. Like, like I said, like we worked out a ton together that summer and I was just like, you know, he, the kid is more than ready. How did you feel when you were really finally like called up? Like, okay, I'm the starter. This is my spot. This is my team to lead. How did that make you feel? I think I felt good. Um, you know, all the work that you put in, you, you usually, if you put in that work, then you're going to feel ready. Um, so I, I, it wasn't the aspect of like not feeling ready for it. It was more of, you know, not wanting to mess up, right? Like, and if you have that fear, I think you'll never really tap into how good you could be. And, you know, it, it took a while to to get a hold of that. Um, and then just kind of just started seeing the game go. Right. We talked about uh, Sharif a little bit earlier. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the guys who's literally in the same position that you were, you know, a couple of years backing up. And then he's going to be asked once Marcus Zagorowski decides whatever he wants to do to – he's going to be asked to step up and really be the lead dog and really run the offense and run the show. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for a, a guy in that position, which is exactly the same position you were in? Yeah, stay the course. Um, granted, it's not the same position. I don't think anybody has the same position once, mm-hmm. but yeah, of course, you know, um, where he wants to go. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, just stay the course, uh, just keep working. Uh, it sounds you know, rudimentary and this, that, the other, you hear it all the time, but as cliche as it is, it's like, stay the course. You see it in the NBA all the time. That 12th man comes in, he just had 17, 20 points, and it's like, hmm, but he was ready, you know? So, like, when your name's called, you have to be ready, and, um, and that's just trick for the trade. Right. That sophomore year for you, another successful season for the team. Uh, make it to the tournament again. We beat Cincinnati in the first round, but we lose to Duke in Philadelphia in the second round. So now that's back-to-back years of, you know, successful teams for you. Uh, fresh out the gate, like I said, you were a sophomore. You go to two straight NCAA tournaments, but we still can't get past the first round. How frustrating was it for you after that Duke loss, you know, that we couldn't make it past that first weekend once again? Because I know for me, it, the most frustrating thing ever. Like that was my junior year and I just really wanted to make it past that first weekend. It was tough. It, uh, it was tough. It probably wasn't as tough for you, you or for me as it was for you, sorry. Um, but it, it was pretty tough. Um, and just kind of understanding, okay, we got one more year at this, you know, like <laughs> these guys are here one more year. Um, now we got to lock in, I think. And that's kind of really, really switched after that loss, you know, and mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, all right, this is kind of, we could we can maybe do something. I think we can maybe do something. So Let's we really it. find out in Philadelphia that we're moving to the Big East. Uh, it was kind of like being rumored here and there after we won the Valley Tournament that year. Uh, we have that week of training camp right before the NCAA Tournament. We fly to Philly. We beat Cincinnati, and that's when, like, like everything was coming to fruition. People were really, like, creating it's going to be a Big East team. We were still told to kind of keep it on the hush-hush until they made the uh, the official announcement about it. But when you first heard that news, you know, you committed to a school that was in the Valley, and now all of a sudden we're making that transition to Big East. When you first heard that news, uh, 
how did that make you feel? How did that change maybe the way that you prepared the upcoming year? Like, how was that mentally for you? I don't think it really changed the way I prepared because it was like all along, um, you know, you you wanted to go to these cream of the crop schools, right? And, and the Big East is mm -hmm. what you know from history is that's the that's the mecca, man. That's the mecca there. So right. uh, it wasn't really so much of oh, okay, now gotta scramble and try to get ready. That is, it goes back to my point where I was talking about earlier. Like, nah, you just stay ready. Um, but from there, it was more, okay, how can I improve outside of this game and mentally and make my teammates better and other things like that? Yeah. Uh, so going into your junior year, like, bro, you, you literally hit the ground running with our team because my freshman year was the struggle year where, you know, we were winning one, losing one, winning two, losing two. You literally hit the ground running with the three straight tournaments you actually like i mentioned earlier in our intro you were part of the uh big east tournament all team in 2014 uh we make it to the tournament we beat louisiana lafayette and then we lose to baylor and that was the last game of my collegiate career i remember it to this day i remember that feeling anytime i see baylor play even now uh, i just kind of shake my head I'll, I'll change the channel and all that stuff Understanding now that, you know, my senior group of guys was leaving and that you were going to be literally the show the upcoming year. Uh, what were your feelings after that loss to Baylor? Uh, how hard did that hit home for you? That was honestly, that was the worst loss I've ever had in my life. Still, to this day. To this day. Oh, to this day. <laughs> to this day. Cut deep. It, oh, it still cuts deep. You know, and it was so funny. So, uh, PT in Dallas, shout out Keisha. Um, I work out with Corey Jefferson and Quincy AC, right? Right. But I still can't. I, 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 I can't bring this up. I cannot bring I still can't. <laughs> I, to me, I can't bring this up, bro, because, like, right. I, I will literally go and, yeah, it's tough, man. That's, um, I was, it hit a dark place, man, honestly, and it was tough, and, and it took some real growing up um, after that point to, like, lead that team. Yeah. I, I tell you what, NCAC working out with those guys, it took me legitimately two and a half years to talk to Brady Heslip, and you know how it is with Canadians. We all know each other, especially, like, if you play college ball. Bro, I, I didn't speak to him for a solid two and a half years after we lost. And then, like, when I did, it was also like, hey, man, what up? Like, that's what it was. It was nah. nothing friendly, nothing too, yeah. too sweet. It was just like, yo, yeah, what are you that good? Like, yeah, usually it's like, no, nah, it's in between these four lines. That one, nah, bro. Yeah. That hurts. That one hurts. That hurts bad. That was, that was but, tough. Al you know, Alex Wilson was my – uh, yeah, Alex Wilson was my road roommate. And I remember the feeling before going to that game and after that game we him and I were at the hotel like let's go like let's get it we're about to be in LA next week like I think that's where our next uh you know tournament seating was going to be at in LA like man we're about to be in California we just got to get through this one game after that game me and him talking at the hotel in the hotel lobby, we were defeated we were absolutely defeated man it was really really tough so finally your senior year comes along like I said uh you're thrust it into like the ultimate leadership position. You are the main guy, the show kind of runs on you. 
you guys actually enjoyed a lot of early success that year. Uh, I was in Romania playing that year, and I remember that's when I learned that I had to stay up like at three, four o'clock in the morning to watch you guys play. You guys were even uh, ranked after you beat Oklahoma at home. I think it was the Buddy Heel team, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then things took a turn for the worst. You guys lost a lot of really, really, really close games, a lot of two-point games, three-point games. Talk about that tough stretch, uh, obviously being a guy that has experienced so much success in a Blue Jay uniform. And this is the toughest stretch of your career where you guys can't seem to buy a win. You still have to show up every day enthusiastic and be a leader for those guys. Talk about that stretch and, you know, your feelings going through it. Um, so I think during that time, I think a lot of people had to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of gut checking. Um, cause there was just a lot of turmoil, just going through a lot of people. Right. Um, and, and it showed, so it just took a lot, um, to grow up care and just grow up really. And, and build character. Um, and it, at the end of the day, like we had to realize that this was bigger than basketball, you know, whether win, lose, draw. And I think a lot of those guys that were my brothers, you know, like went to war with a lot of dudes. So like a lot of those things that we went through were what we went through. Right. And it's so difficult, like I said, like for you to have such great success and then having to lead this team who are experience, experiencing turmoil, uh, a lot of things went against you guys that year, man. It, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I remember just being a fan. This is my first year being a fan of the Jays, watching you guys play. And I was rooting so hard to the point where, like, at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, I would get knocked <laughs> on my door because I was yelling at the TV and stuff, yelling at the referees. But, no, it was a really tough stretch. Um, you guys ended up being 14 and 19 that year. Obviously not the way that you wanted to go out as a Blue Jay. But kind of sum up, if you can, in a few words, what that whole career uh, meant for you your your four years in a Blue Jay uniform in Omaha. Uh, just try to sum up if you can, like uh, what all that meant for you. Oh, we got a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. Let's see if we can get Austin back on here. We good? We good over there? Uh, yeah, I got you back. You know that European? You got that European connection? Hey, going, look, man. listen, that, that ain't me, man. They turn it up. That ain't me, man. Yeah, Cut it off. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear that last question, or do I need to repeat it for you? You gotta repeat that, sir. Yeah, I said uh, you ended up finishing that year fourteen and nineteen. Uh, obviously, not the way that you wanted to go out, um, but kind of sum up your four years, if you can, like briefly, uh, your time in Omaha in a Crane Blue Jays uniform. What did that? What did those times mean for you? They're great, man. Um, changed my life. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that cherish for a lifetime, honestly. Um, life will be extremely different because of it. So I'm not, don't think, wish I would have made a different decision or anything like that. It's, I'm proud to be a Blue Jay. Right. Uh, so this is going to bring up our first fan question of the, of the day. Um, it actually comes from Alex Olson, believe it or not. He was one of the first guys to hit my hey. DMs when I put it out there that you were going to be on this show. Hey, yo, what yeah. up, Alex? Uh, yeah, his baby. question is, and it's kind of a, you know, Alex's personality is very satire question. Same how does it feel to too. be a Lululemon? Right. His question is, how does it feel to be a Lululemon influencer? <laughs> uh, you know, the new day and age, man. Um, <laughs> it's about the same as like being a hipster, 
you know. Uh, <laughs> either way, you know, you, you, you somehow are getting by. Right. As long as you're getting that 40 bucks, that's all that matters, man. The next question actually comes from Coach Halling as well. He has a similar question, and this one is mostly about your Nike golf attire. And he's asking, when does your sponsorship money run out for that Nike golf? <laughs> Hello, hey, stop giving me gift Dude. cards. Hello, when you stop giving me gift cards. <laughs> Dudes are recognizing your swag out here on social media. That's, that's it's not the worst so thing. Like, it's really like I father a lot of cats, and they're really upset. Right. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Yo, that might have been the the quote of the podcast so so far. It's really like I father a lot of cats. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, right, right. So, uh, you play, you've been playing pro for the last uh, five years now. Uh, while you were overseas, you played in four different countries. Has it been six? It has been six, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but while, while you've been overseas, you played in four different countries. You played in Montenegro, you played in Switzerland, you've played in Romania, and you've also played where I'm playing now in Lithuania. You and I actually share the fact that we played in Romania and Lithuania. Out of those four countries, which one was your favorite country to play in and which one was your least favorite country to play in? Um, I, I don't know if I could do that. But you can. And that that's why I'm asking My favorite you. place of everything was Switzerland. Mm -hmm. But my favorite place to play, I don't know. I, I didn't get to play in Lithuania long enough um, due to injury, um, which, you know, competitive-wise was – was pretty competitive. Um, I heard a place to play though. Armenia was fun. Uh, it was pretty competitive there too. Uh, they were all different though. That, that's my thing. Like they all had their own little aspects. So I can't really like say a uh, favorite place to play, worst place to play. They were all different. And I was at a different place too, you know, in my game. So for me, it was more growing and learning um, as well. So it wasn't like I was always trying to look at, oh, the negative side of it but switzerland was total package can't beat it right i always thought like none of these countries are the same as far as the league and and how they play they all have their own individual styles some leagues are a lot more physical than others you know like uh, when i played in romania uh, i was always thinking like man this is this is not that bad. I could easily do this. And then I look back on it. I was just like, man, that league was actually like really tough. Like that was a really big learning experience for me, especially like the European game and, and the learning curve that it, it takes to be successful here. And I always think to myself, like, man, if I knew then what I knew that, what I know now, like my rookie year, when you think you know everything, but you literally know nothing. Now I'm kind of seven years in the game. I'm just like, man, I wish I could kind of go back into that rookie year and, and really expose the things that I've learned over the time. Uh, you also had a chance to play in the G League for the uh, Texas Legends at first. You tried out for them, and you also tried out for the um, Sky Force, right? Sioux Falls, am I mistaken? Yeah, Sioux Beach. Uh, so what was your experience like, you know, experiencing a little bit of pro ball while being still in the United States? Um, it was different, man. Um, of course, you're, you're near your, your family, you're near... Um, your relatives, your friends. So it's a little bit different. Um, schedule's a lot different, which is what you like, you know, um, playing a lot, um, getting a lot of shots, getting up and down a lot. Um, game's a lot different, right? 
Um, and it, it takes getting used to um, and just getting used to understanding the ins and outs of that as well. And the last couple of years, unfortunately, you've suffered a few injuries that have kind of slowed down your playing career thus far. Uh, talk about kind of like the mental aspect that goes into recovering from surgeries, like, uh, from uh, injuries, I should say. I think you had a couple of surgeries as well. So kind of speak on, you know, what happened to you, um, how the recovery process has been, especially in the time that we're living in with, with COVID going around. Yeah, um, I'm on my, I'm a bet in that department. Honestly, that hadn't just started. That started, you know, way back when. So, yeah, a lot of what I'm dealing with now should have been taken care of. So, I kind of had, you know, mentally a, a way to prepare for that. Um, and, and you know, a lot of what you're gonna do really isn't everything you're gonna go to PT for, go to your strength conditioning for. Is a lot of it's going to be on your own, um, and if you really want it or not, at the end of the day. So that's really what makes or breaks it. Let's go back into uh, your current playing career. Um, you and I share a lot of similar uh, experiences. One thing that I didn't get to experience is actually practicing in the championship center. I get to work out there in the summertime when I go back, but you were part of that team that transitioned from old gym to the championship center. Uh, I think your team was actually the first team to practice there. Uh, talk about like the improvement of the facility and, and how it actually helps players develop their game and, and be uh, better all around players. I think immediately, like right when I stepped inside my knees and back, when you know like if this was a 2k percentage went up like 15 percent but like it was just as far as like technology and like new age um cutting edge things like it had everything that you needed to be uh to try to be elite you know and try to to win that national championship honestly like that has everything that you need to um like if you if that's what you want to do, it has everything that you need. <laughs> exactly. You want, yeah, it's there. I'm I'm still so impressed with like all the amenities that they have. Like honestly, every time that I step out, I'm like, man, you guys get to do that too. Like the the whirlpool, the the underwater treadmill, stuff like that. Like not that I would ever really use that stuff when I was playing. I was I was kind of stubborn on the on the body regeneration side of the game, but like, man, it's, it's incredible. The stuff that they have access. You were to. Iron Man though. You were Iron Man. Well, I, I could not for the life of me get into that cold tub, bro. Like I really couldn't. Do you remember how long it took yeah, for me I to know. get a toe in even? I know. I know. I just knew how, I just knew how great I was going to feel afterwards. You know, it's the benefit. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't do it. I used to look at you, just step in like a warrior. I, I, I couldn't do that at all. Not even close. Uh, talk about your relationship with Coach Mack. Um, I mentioned, you know, him giving you the keys to the offense as a sophomore. Uh, talk about how that relationship has grown from year to year, obviously helping you as a player. Uh, now that you're a pro, you know, you're still around the program. You still go back. I still run into you in the, in the championship center working out in the summertime. Uh, what has Coach Mack meant to you as far as, you know, not only a, a mentor and stuff like that, but also as a basketball coach? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this road season uh, relationship, you know, this is what 
2011. Some it's 10 years, man. Shoot. A decade. Yeah. 10 years, decade. Man, this is my 10 years. This is my 10 yeah. years. So, but um, this relationship, uh, he's been huge. He's been instrumental. Um, you know, and, and hopefully he can continue to be instrumental. But he's a big piece, and you know, the, the man I am as well today. So, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to him as well. Uh, talk about maybe, do you have a specific memory of playing in a Blue Jay uniform, something that you'll never forget? You know, when I asked Ethan, he he mentioned like the win against Wichita State in the tournament, that last NBC tournament in Korean history. Uh, you know, guys, for whatever reason, they, they have these different perspectives. I like to kind of figure out what yours is on in your favorite memory in your Blue Jay career. Okay. I just have to see. Mm-hmm. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Last so regular. No, 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 no. I'm pretty. I'm off the cuff. Uh, um, last. I think it's a 2012-2013 season. Last regular season game against Wichita State. Right? Was that home? Was that the last yep. regular season game? Yep. That's probably my favorite game, honestly. Um, it was a lot so of times. the regular season like, championship. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was a, that was a really fun game. That was a really yeah. fun game. Um, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, just go watch that game. For FN, no, please, I, I need your money. Doug, Doug went for like forty or whatever. Uh, it was one of your better games as well. I'm pretty sure I only scored like two points that game, but nonetheless. Like, doesn't matter. We got the dub. We got the regular season championship. A week later, we go and we beat them in the uh, NBC tournament uh, yeah. championship game. And, like, I mentioned this with Doug. I mentioned this with Ethan. That's the team that ends up going to the Final Four. Not us. <laughs> Not us who beat them twice in, in two weeks. The Wichita State team that we beat twice in two weeks ends up going to the Final Four on, on a legendary run in the they NCAA tournament. They got the chemistry tournament. going, man. You know, I'll give big credit to them, man. They had a lot of pieces, too. Yeah. They had a lot of they had a lot of pieces, honestly. Um, and they just you know got clicking at the right time. And that's what March is. You get you get moving at the right time. You, everybody's on the right rhythm. You know, still, I'm, I'm still allowed to be salty about it though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 2021, man. We gotta we gotta move past it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, not not me. We got in to, the we back got of, to. in the back of my mind, man. I still despise that team forever. Honestly, I I honestly do. I I always will. If I run into any former players, look, Van Vliet, you're a Toronto Raptor and you got a championship for the country. I appreciate you, but bro, I promise <laughs> you, I'm still mad at you for making the final four when we could. <laughs> hey man, it wasn't uh, cars, man. This about sums it up, Austin. Is there anything else that you want to see the Blue Jay Nation before we wrap up uh, episode three of the pod, bro? Episode three, man. I appreciate you for having me. I appreciate <laughs> you, you fans. Um, Roll Jays. Roll Jays forever. This was brought to you by the Field of 68 Network. My name is Jahan Zmaniga. I'm your host. This was our third guest, Austin Chapman. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Network for you know, more content like this. And like I said previously to all the other various hosts representing the alma maters. Uh, this was fun, man. Austin, thank you so much, dude. I miss you. We have to catch up this summer. We definitely have to golf for sure if we have a chance. Got to, um, man. Got to see what I'm, you like out there on the greens. 
hey, I'm much better than I was like July 4th, all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because me too. Me too. A hundred percent, bro. We'll get the whole we'll get the whole Nike sponsorship, uh golf. Yeah, Delco Charlie. Delco Charlie, he's the one that's got the sponsorship. Actually, you're a coach. You have it. Hey, Coach Hollow, we're coming for you, bro. Yeah, All right, Austin, awesome. appreciate you, brother. Appreciate uh, you, thanks for tuning in to another Welcome to the J podcast. Take care. Go Jays. Yes, sir. Be safe. <laughs>